This is the Future of Cyber Risk podcast, brought to you by Team Cymru. I'm your host, David Monier, fellow at Team Cymru. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Future of Cyber Risk podcast. Today, we're doing a special episode about a product that Team Cymru just made, we don't usually talk a lot about it ourselves on this podcast. Uh, we try to make the show mostly about our guests, but we've done something very impressive that we hope to uh, share with everybody and hopefully help change the industry for the better. Today, we're going to talk about our new product, Pure Signal Scout. It's our new threat intelligence tool. Uh, Scout is designed to help organizations of all sizes to identify and respond to cyber threats. Today, I'm joined by Josh Pedley, head of S2 Threat Analyst Unit here at Team Cymru and was seen Tobi, product lead for Team Cymru, who will show us more about Scout and how it works and how cyber risk management leaders can leverage Scout to protect their organizations. Josh, Wasim, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. So to get us started, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves, your background, how you got here, and what you focus on here at Team Cymru. Josh, why don't you get started? Sure. Josh Pigalay, like you said, I, I lead the uh, S2 research team or analysis team here at Team Cymru. I've spent most of my career in the Air Force in the very beginning, eight years, kind of doing cyber operations for the military. I then transitioned off to uh, government contracts for quite some time. And then started seeing the commercial industry was really getting outpacing government threat intelligence and jumped into the commercial sector, uh, helped run services at uh, smaller kind of uh, boutique firms, and then made my way to here to Team Cymru. And I've been with Team Cymru for the last three years. Ready? What's in? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Wasim Taubi. I've been working in the networking and cybersecurity industry for over 20 years. And during my career, I introduced several products to market. Before joining Team Cymru as head of product management, I worked with several cybersecurity vendors like Bluecode, Symantec, FireEye, Forcepoint, as well as Sunny.io, a startup in the zero trust space. And the experience I gained actually something I put in place at Team Cymru so that we can introduce products that are very effective in the market and enhance our product offering. Let's dive right in. Everybody likes a good origin story. So let's talk about Scout's origin. So Asin, what were the key factors behind the development of your simple Scout? Yeah. So if you look at the industry today and the shortage of like cybersecurity professions of 3 million cyber shortage in cybersecurity professions, and this is only expected to increase in the future. Budgets are tight. So customers are looking for solutions that are easier to use and that are more effective, that are not requiring them to hire more and more resources. And that was one of the main reasons why we looked at introducing a product that will help our customers leverage the data sets that we have in our pure signal. We have very, very rich data that we offer today uh, to our customers. And what we heard from them is that they need something simpler to use so that they can leverage it faster, something that they can quickly get results from in addition to the deep dive they can do with the existing product recon. So we took that challenge to extract the main data that is needed for our customers so that we can provide immediate value so that we can help these users at any maturity level because they don't need to be experts in threat hunting to be able to use Scout. So the main driver for the product was to help our customers leverage the power of our data and pure signal, regardless of the skill set and expertise for their users and without having to spend additional money in hiring more resources. 
Absolutely. And I think economic headwinds affecting everybody today, that's why we'll bring music to their ears because, uh, you know, people who have deep, deep experience definitely cost a lot more than people who are just learning. So I'm sure there'll be people very happy to hear that. So Josh, you were a main component in the development of the tool, both in kind of understanding what the vision would be, uh, helping to, you know, understand what it should come out, what the end result should be. But you're also one of the first folks, you know, basically customer zero, if you will. And you've led teams doing all different types of services for red teams and for spine, start intelligence services and so on, threat hunting. What elements from those experiences did you bring in to incorporate into the development of Scout? Sure. Yeah. I, I think the key thing was, and kind of what Seem talked about on that briefly or touched on the one point is time. And as an analyst, you only have so much time to chase leads. So our biggest thing was to try to get the most crucial data sets in front of you as fast as possible and pre-correlated and aggregated. So you can make a decision, was this going to be a fruitful enough lead to follow? Additionally, we wanted to get more interoperability between what used to traditionally be separate data sets, you know, going to this platform, collecting this log, going to this platform, collecting this other piece of telemetry and merge them across on a single data model. So that way we could get a little bit more advanced. So we'd have you know, a tier one person could do a quick triage and say, this is worthy enough of pursuit. And then the same, you know, more advanced user tier three could step in and start doing more complex logic or analyzing further raw details, maybe through recon or through other kind of uh, characteristics of that IP or domain to make a decision about whether to block, triage, segment from that visibility. So that is really what I was trying to do, make more fruitful hunts in a faster time frame possible. Yeah, time is the one thing none of us can get back, that's for sure. So. And precious resource, yeah. Absolutely. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than getting to the end of a thread and find out it's, you know, an open uh, open proxy or something that's been doing all kinds of bad stuff, completely unrelated to what you're looking for. Yeah. What's well, the aside from SDU, aside from our own analysts, who's the target user for Scout? Yeah, so we built the product so that we can target SOC and incident response users as well as threat analysts who are looking to improve their effectiveness, those who may not have the expertise in analyzing large, large sets of data. So it's targeting unexperienced users as well as experienced users to provide them with the best time to value. And this is allowing the users to be able to quickly identify if any alert they're getting, for example, is worth investigating. And they can quickly determine the traits of a given IP or domain and hence take the appropriate actions based on that. So we're widening the user base to those less experienced users that are sitting in the SOC and they can take quick actions, those incident response users that they can take quick action also based on what they are seeing in their daily work. So we describe it in terms of, you know, a hunting tool or an IR tool, something like that. But were there other considerations, let's say, that we took to make it, you know, a viable tool for kind of a broader sets of organizations or, or you know, aside from kind of the SOC? Yeah, absolutely. So because we are providing insights that are actionable insights directly in the tool without having to do deeper analysis on the user side, and they can use it like, for example, a network security user can immediately go and then put a new firewall policy based on what they see as a result in their investigation through Scout. So it definitely expands to more than just the SOC and incident response users and the threat analysts to other types of users. And that's particularly important with what we started adding more of the tagging 
and more rich tagging information into the product. So we'll come back probably to this later on. Yeah, perfect. So Josh, you know, you talked about thriving at the essence and things like that, and you've had experience doing larger campaigns. Aside from the time component, you know, to where we get to answers quicker, are there other kind of like design inputs that you had for as we were building it? Were there interface considerations? Were there like, how did you help simplify it aside from just the speediness? Yeah. So time being a component, the first thing we wanted to do is go to a more tabular type layout. So you can see data sets aggregated, but then you can also see them within their own isolation in a little bit more raw detail. So we have abstraction layer. And then we have tabular where you can go a little bit more deeper into the raw records. Another thing was we wanted to make sure every element within those data sets was searchable and could be, we, we always taught, say, finding the intersections amongst them. So now you can launch into more things that would typically take scripting or some type of Python to do and extracting that data out and doing it yourself. You can now do it in platform. So we wanted to create a query language on top of it by allowing that seamless speed for the summary tab, but then also deeper dive in intersections of characteristics to be performed. Because then that's how you kind of reach that broad swath of the market or you know, user base. When you're looking for people that know exactly what they want to find and being able to power them with the ability to answer that question, right? Rather than just the simple inputs of IP or domain, you want to be, be very nuanced and counts and types of, uh, you know, fingerprints that have been seen and heuristic behaviors, perhaps from an IP address. And that's kind of what the bigger thing that we added to the product. And it, it took a lot of time to get that base layer, but it makes me more excited to see what people are going to do with it that we haven't even thought of, but we've just enabled it through, you know, building the right data model. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I had the, uh, I'd like to call it the pleasure, but uh, it was eating painful at the time. But when I was in your shoes, as we were making our recon product, the uh, Pure Signal Recon, which is our much deeper dive view of much of this same insight. One of the biggest differences having seen Scout myself that's very impressive is, like you said, how succinct the tabular view is, that you get that kind of, here's your snapshot view. I would have killed to have had a time machine to come forward, talk to you now, and go back so we would have uh, made Recon better at the time because uh, swimming through you know millions of records of uh, telemetry, network telemetry flows, uh, just takes so much time. And to have seen what Stout looks like today, uh, your input uh, definitely was uh, very welcome. So yeah, I mean, well, that's what took it to the next level too, right? Like we had to learn for five years that, oh, this is the way we're trying to answer this question, right? So it, it took the raw data. I mean, it's, yeah, just iterations, you know, it could have been done without that, the year of pain, right? Sure. It's always that bias, right? Everybody believes, though, everybody sees the world like they do. And at the time, recon made perfect sense to me. But now that I've seen Scout, I, I see the error in my ways. So, Wasim, you've built product teams in the past. You've you know helped launch products. You've done a bunch of this in the past. How did you approach team collaboration to make Scout? Yeah. So, actually, building a product and taking it to market requires very, very strong collaboration between several stakeholders. It starts with the customer always. Because this is where you need to understand what challenges they have. And you were talking about some of those challenges we experience ourselves, right? How to translate this into requirements. And then in the case of Scout, we work very closely with a set of customers to get their input, to get their feedback, as well as with our own intelligence, threat intelligence team. And Josh, part of this team, as a customer to provide us also continuous feedback. We also 
ensure that we engage the customer, collaborate with them throughout the development process and have them involved in the early testing of the product so that we can, when we take it to market, it's ready for the customer for what they need. So that's the first piece in the puzzle. The second one is the collaboration with our marketing team, help us gather market information, market insights, and the market needs, as well as how to position properly the product so customers can understand the value of the product. So this is another piece where also this team, we've been working with this team very, very closely. Now when the requirements have been gathered from customers, this is where we get to the engineering team and how we can, they, they will ensure that they, what the product, what they build in the product is mapping to the customer requirements. So we are actually at Team Cymru blessed to have a very strong engineering team that builds solid products that's able to translate customer needs into properly implemented product capabilities. And then collaboration with our sales and sales engineering. This is very key as well because they are the interacting with the customer on a daily basis. We need to understand how to package the product, price it so that it can be consumed by our customers, right? And to get insight into customer use cases, right? Uh, customer support, another team and a stakeholder that we collaborated with very, very closely because you need to have product supportability capabilities as well as processes for the support uh, that are included also when we get the product in. And product management, of course, is driving and tracking all these deliverables. So when you look at the introducing a product, it's everyone in the team has a role and Every stakeholder collaborates with others so that we can achieve the goals that we set for the product. And we're all driving for the same goal, which is very clear, very, very key. And that will guarantee that you will have a successful product when you take it to market. And Josh, in your part, you know, you guys have a diverse set of talents on your team. What different types of roles of folks from your team did you have come take a look at it to provide inputs? As Wasim said, I think it was one, I want to tip my hat to the developers for listening to every single nuanced, pedantic thing we'd bring up. But it really was trying to figure out what is the best of breed out there and how our workflow actually goes through the tabs or goes through the data and making sure that we arrange that properly. And I would essentially assign an analyst to talk with the developer about a specific issue that we wanted to solve. So if the interface, you know, we didn't like the way it displayed a port, you know, assign an analyst to the developer and they could iterate quickly on a Zoom call or through a channel, what is the best way to fix it? What are some example outputs the developer can come up with and then pick and choose. So we were really agile in that type of approach, especially in the beginning, we were iterating on the UI, you know, multiple times a day. And then the data model itself, figuring out something was broken before we tried to, you know, run it through its paces. So. I think assigning analysts to each little uh, specific task and then having broader committee meetings to discuss the outcomes and say, was this exactly what we intended? And we'll now go out and test it with a real investigation and see where it breaks down. So we, we always had those touch bases bi-weekly. Uh, what's an, an, a, you know, a big major rollout happen based on our feedback? So relative to, say, your experiences with using other tools and things like that, or even tools that you had to make yourself, so not just perhaps products, and to include Pearson and Recon, how has the user-friendly components of it, of Stout, that is, how do you see it expediting that process, like for people to go out and do that kind of hunting? Like, is the ease of use a major factor relative to, say, the speed? Yeah, they're really kind of part and parcel, right? Because you couldn't have the ease of use if speed wasn't there, right? Because if you're constantly delayed waiting 20 minutes or so, 
But I think, again, what we tried to, to do was make it flexible enough that could be applied to many types of environments and also then make it intuitive enough that's something they've seen before. That was another big thing that we always kind of talked about was, I don't want this to be a revolutionary way in which you type into a search box. Let's not solve that. That's been done before. Let's figure out what people are used to doing and figure out how can we expand upon that with our own data. And that way people, the uptick with the environment would be much more seamless. They would say, oh, I understand. I need to, you know, have these two parameters coexist with each other. And that gives me this next result and output. And so that's kind of how we really try to push that ease of use. The other thing was we really hate as analysts having to take data out of a platform to answer a question and then push it right back into the platform, right? Because that costs developer cycles on maybe hunting some new log information I need. So we wanted to make sure as much as the pipeline of you know sorting, filtering, and finding those intersections could be done within the search or within the platform before I had to take out results. Because at the end of the day, most of the time, what I'm wanting to do as an analyst is I find these, you know, Joe Sloan calls it network composite objects. And he's totally right. I find these intersections of network composite objects that show me the candidates that I'm most interested in. And now I want to take those IPs and maybe hunt within my environment or push them against another system to see if they're inside that environment or within those holdings. So we want to make sure that not as much scripting had to be done out in Jupyter or extraction of bulk data had to be performed. So you mentioned Jupyter, and I know there's a lot of tools out there that other folks use. And because of that kind of, like you said, the desire to have the tool be, you know, you log into one tool and make it work. I saw in the development that we had opted to include a fully functional interactive API. And that's kind of like a first for our products. Pure Sigma Recon sorts through so much data and gives you such a large answer back that though it had an API, it wasn't really suited for kind of real-time stuff. So given that we have, that Scott has this uh, fully capable API, what are some other use cases? You know, you know, we have threat actor tracking, breach signal monitoring. What are some other use cases and applications for the API that you guys get to go? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll jump right on that grenade quickly. I can envision there this future where you know, our users are building, I always call them like, you know, an ABT fingerprint where they, they realize that the actor they need to track that goes after their environment has this tail in their network infrastructure. And it can be very discreet. In isolation, the, the indicators can be very discreet. But when combined together and being able to be filtered to find all candidates in the world that match that can be very small. So I can see people building a system of their own alerting against our API that can constantly hit it with those fingerprints or those you know, formulaic addition subtraction of certain characteristics to automatically bring candidates in their environment. And like Wasim said, maybe I already say, like, if I ever see any candidates that exhibit this behavior or this type of network infrastructure, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it in my block list. I'm not even going to wait because I know there's only 10 in the world that look like that. And there's no reason I should ever, my environment should ever talk to that. So proactive policy creation. Use yeah. That's not one I had thought of. Wasim, you probably went and interrogated all kinds of people for inputs on these. What other kind of use cases did uh, did people present for you, or did you guys dream up? Yeah, so actually, one of the use cases that uh, that I see quite commonly uh, uh, used now, where it's enabled by Scout, is the enrichment of the automation platforms that you, our customers have. Like their SIM applications, their XDR applications. When they get these the information enriching what they have, they can generate more alerts based on what the findings that they can get from the platform. So the other one is. 
they can get a much faster triage of incident response. That's, you know, related to what Josh was saying about, you know, you can quickly take an action, very quickly take an action, not only on your defenses, on your perimeter devices, but also in terms of uh, what I need to dig deeper, investigate further in terms of finding threat actors and maybe the whole network of uh, C2s that is behind an attack or a try for an attack on my organization. So those are the features. Let's talk differentiators. Obviously, without making fun of anybody in the process, except for ourselves, that's fair game. But how does Scout's offering of unmatchability, unmatched speed, how does it differ uh, from other platforms? Wasing, I imagine you looked at everybody in the neighborhood. Yes. So the first thing is the pure signal data. I mean, there's really no match in the industry of the quality of the data that we have, the telemetry that we have on everything on the internet. So remember that we have 50 data sets that we make available to our customers through the recon product. So what we did is we distilled the most important ones of those data sets so that customers can gain time and efficiency with immediate actionable insight and scout. So that's the first thing is the richness and the uniqueness of the data that we have in Pure Signal. And the other thing is for customers today, they need to have several solutions because every solution does a little thing here, a little thing there. So now when you think of Scout along with Recon, then you have all in one place. It becomes the platform for them where they don't need to go through several solutions that provide bits and pieces all in one. And the simplicity is there. Because in some of those solutions that are there in the market, customers were looking at simplicity, the problems that they were missing lots of data, lots of important things. So now they can get it, right? And that actionable intelligence also that they get along with the signal intelligence becomes now a very powerful combination. And I talked about tags that a little earlier, these are new tags that we just, we just recently introduced and we could identify the nature of any IP out there with strong accuracy. And then the customer can immediately determine the rest and can take immediate action based on that. So. In general, when you look at the richness of data and the actionable intelligence providing all in one place makes it a very unique offering in the market. Yeah, tagging and labeling is game changer in my opinion. Uh, having done you know hundreds of investigations myself, uh, both where I had obvious understanding of what was going on and other cases where I had to go like dig up protocol details that I had never encountered before, things like that, just to be able to know that something is malicious, already identified malicious, or something that is a complete outlier, like, you know, where it has no tack, no one has seen this thing do anything before, that suggests something like a bastion host where people have saved, you know, there are actors out there where they don't use noisy hosts. In fact, they use things that have perfectly good reputation for that reason, because they want to use it on a single operation, they have one intention to use it. Uh, So the ability to not have to follow the rabbit down the hole only to find out it's not the rabbit you were looking for. That's absolutely a uh, game changer. So Josh, you had talked a little bit about this idea of doing uh, proaction where you create signal patterns, where you identify some type of pattern in the data and then creating automated policy. I, I have to admit, I haven't thought of that application for Scout or for our data uh, as a whole. I mean, obviously I understand it or I promote it regularly, but I had never thought about doing it in like an automated fashion. What other components like do you think uh, Scout, because that's, you know, the philosophy of proaction is, I think, game changer at all on its own. 
But any other ideas uh, in that space, like as far as how you could do proactive efforts as opposed to reactive efforts with staff? Yeah. I mean, one thing I always kind of, when I first started talking to people about Team Comrie and our data, I said, mostly I say, everybody can see infection to C2, right? That That's kind of like table stakes. Anybody can grab a binary, execute it and see where it calls out to. The next level of that is saying that this threat you know, is a constant problem to me or is a constant abuse activity to our environment. I'm going to take it just a little step further and start watching that activity upstream to find other indicators that have not been observed. And that's kind of that more proactive look. I'm going to, I'm going to try to chain together the characteristics of this infrastructure or the higher level, you know, tier one, tier three infrastructure of it. You see it in our like S2 research blog post as well. We always kind of explain there's a, behind every one of these campaigns, there's typically a human. They make compromises. They have efficiencies they need to gain themselves. You can exploit that to figure out how can I stay proactive on this threat that I've deemed, you know, through our own intelligence cycle at our company or enterprise that we, we say is most pertinent to watch and say, we're going to build more proactive hunts based around those indicators. So in isolation, one IP and observing it is fine, but the ultimate goal is to get to the entity in which that, you know, leverages that threat against you. So you can have a little bit better overwatch, see them pivot, see things standing up infrastructure before it even goes live and automatically proactively block again. There's no reason I need to talk to those IPs. I've already seen the actor begin moving here. I'm just going to go ahead and start blocking those ranges as well. And, or at least add friction into my environment if I do observe them and, and add a little bit more scrutiny. So you heard that was seen AI and the next feature request. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And actually we are looking into this. So <laughs> keep, keep tuned. There you go. There you heard it, Josh, right there. So here are the features coming next quarter. <laughs> so a tool like this, let's talk about the feature, right? So a tool like this, it's brand new. We are all impressed by it, obviously, but we haven't really exposed it to the galaxy of use cases that exist in the world, right? So let's just take turns on this one. So Josh, imagine this is out there. What kind of splash do you think Scout has the potential to make? That's such a hard question because you brought up the AI, the chat, you know, everybody's talking about chat GPT right now. I think one of the first things I hope that we can achieve or even a customer on our platform can achieve is quick summarization context, right? I think that's the thing we're always studying for even in any platform is we always want more context of you know, why do you say that is a skater or why is that a VPN and what confidence level can I assess by that or make a malicious, you know, uh, intent? Um, and I, I hope with enough data and enough intersection of this activity and enough use cases, you know, I've everybody seen sin flooding, you know, those are easy ones to possibly pick up on and automatically just say the system says that this based on enough observations and enough intersections of other data pointing to it. So I really hope that you know, there's going to be unintended consequences we don't see out of this because we built, again, like I mentioned, built the model, the query model flexible enough that someone could step in and who knows, it could be brand protection becomes a big thing because we've enabled some feature with certificates or something that allowed something we didn't even imagine. And that's why I, I look forward to, you know, we're in our, we've been in our own blinders for quite some time, you know, trying to help Wasim and them iterate. And now to open it up and say, what did we not see? Uh, so I, I think it's a, more of an open question to say, I don't, it's hard to say what I foresee, but I, I definitely see there's a lot of potential there for flexibility. Absolutely. So, Wasim, I, I, again, 
I'm sure you've done a ton of research in this space. How do you see Stout impacting the marketplace? So actually, you know, that if you look at the type of capabilities that Scout offers, this was only accessible and understandable by the elite. Now with Scout, we made it actually simple and easy to understand for everyone. So it's available to a broader, to broader cybersecurity teams, to broader set of users. So this is really important. This is going to change a lot the way customers look at their, how, how they can handle their threat intelligence, even without the very skilled personnel, they can still benefit from the product. So that's that will have a big impact. The other thing, and we talked about the API, the integration with existing tools and workflows. This is another thing because customers now are looking at how can I optimize the use of my SOC tools and of my cybersecurity tools in general. So Scout will definitely help them with that because you will be able to extract very easily the right information so they can put it and aggregate it with the rest of information that you, you that you have, and then expand your reach in terms of what problems you can solve for your organization. So definitely the expansion in many fronts on the user side, on the human side, to fill the gap of the skill set and the lack of budgets. And the other one is on the integration with the rest of the uh, the products that customers can have. So I know it's brand new. And I know we just joked about the AI feature, you know, that's due tomorrow. I'm sure you have it coming. But can you give us any hints as to other kind of directions that you might be looking for as far as features go that we know already are going to be of interest based on the early adopters? Yeah, so more and more actionable intelligence, that's a given. We're going to enrich the product with more and more tags, more and more information that customers can immediately benefit from so that the effectiveness of the work is, is increased. And more and more integrations, I talked a lot about integrations that we talked about the API. So you will see more integrations within our own products. For example, the combination of Scout with our EASM solution Orbit, that provides a platform for customers to immediately act on potential vulnerabilities, let's say vulnerable device, talking to a dangerous IP then you can take immediate action by combining the forces of the two solutions. So you'll see more and more of these integrations that will uh, will improve our customers' ability to block cyber threats and improve their security posture. Well, you mentioned blocking, but is that too, should I presume then you're saying, we hope to have a, a future where you can enact policy, you know, but put controls in place via the tools? Absolutely, because, you know, when we mentioned the integration with SIM tools, for example, you get an alert. And then you can automate based on that the way you want to go take an action on an endpoint or on a router or on a secure web gateway or a firewall. So all that is actionable. And because the richness of the data we provide with Scout, you can now take these actions and automate these actions as well. Excellent. So another future question. So Josh, your team is part of the tip of the spear, if you will, here at Team Cymru. How do you see a tool like Scout advancing our overall mission to save and improve human lives. Yeah, I think it's the, we talked about you know, lowering the barrier to entry. And that was kind of a thing our community services department constantly kind of runs into when we try to give people data that are doing good things to you know help make the internet a safer place. It's always, there's so much volume. I don't know what to do with this. This is another you know job. I think this platform is now going to push forward that ability to have conversations with people we need to help enable. And you know, you, with our work with Citizen Lab and Bill Marzak, 
Uh, there's only so many bills in the world that can take our existing data solutions, turn them into proactive, good for the world. Uh, I think we wanted to do that now with this platform a little bit more broadly so people can kind of quickly get up to speed, make the necessary steps they need to stomp out badness and you know, give us that feedback as well. Say, hey, I actually used it and I actually really need this other tab or I need this other tag and help us feed back to the community that insight. And so we're going to, they find that useful. Well, we're going to just go ahead and do it. You know, absent any monetary incentive, we just think this is going to have the best impact and we're going to implement it in the platform. So that's what I really hope is going to come out of this. Yeah, absolutely. So bad guys take note. The armies of good have a new tool that's going to increase some listener. One hugs and kisses, team coming. So folks, I think, you know, in the spirit of time, that's probably all that we have for today. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, we don't typically like to talk about ourselves, but we really think that Scout is an evolution in threat hunting capabilities, incident response capabilities, just by uh, signal analysis, signal intelligence capabilities. So we hope that folks take a look at it. If any of our listeners want to follow the two of you, do you guys have, you know, LinkedIn, social media, things like that? Josh? Sure. I mean, you can uh, follow me on, uh, on Twitter at netmuck, N-E-T-M-U-X. That's probably the best place to follow me. And for me, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Connect with me, ask any questions. And folks, if you want to learn more about Signal Scout, there'll be a link in the show notes, or you can reach out directly to any of us on LinkedIn. So thanks, folks, for tuning in. And thank you both again for your time. Thank you. Hey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Future of Cyber Risk podcast brought to you by Team Cymru. For the latest episodes, please visit team-cymru.com or search Future of Cyber Risk on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks, and we'll catch you on the next episode.